Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back to the Shit Talk Podcast. It's Liz Broder. I'm solo this week. I miss Melissa already. If you haven't had a chance, I encourage you to go listen to last week's episode with Melissa Darlow. We shot the shit, all sorts of nutrition talk. It was fun, at least for the two of us. Hope you guys enjoyed it. But today it's just me. There's a lot going on. Been a busy bee this week. The smoke has cleared. New York City is back to thriving. People are weirder than ever. Life is good. And by weirder than ever, I mean it's New York. So the shit you see in a day. Anyway. Today, I don't have really a focused topic for today. I'm going to shoot the shit with myself. Sadie is here, but will not be an active participant. She is supervising as per usual. Now, that might be music to some of your ears. That might be like, what does that mean? Well, as per usual, I am just talking. That's what we do on this podcast, Liz Talks, unless I have a guest I'm talking by myself. But today I just have different topics to touch on, things that are bothering me, things that I like, something from my episode with Melissa that stuck out that I want to reemphasize. So when I chatted with Melissa last week, we talked about going back to basics and I wanted to review that. It got me thinking and it's often my approach with nutrition and wellness, going back to basics. And if you're a longer time listener, you may know that, but I don't necessarily always phrase it that way. So I want to discuss a few things in that way, like framing it like that. I think that could be really helpful for some people. And also just a reminder of why basics are so important. So you may already know this. I have three non-negotiables, three pillars of health. The most common areas I see people falling short that have the biggest impact when they're corrected. I call it HFM, hydration, fiber, movement. Now, hydration, you know, my MVP, water. My first episode is all about hydration. If you want more nitty gritty facts, go back and listen. But just giving you a brief rundown. Hydration, you're aiming for half your body weight in ounces per day. So if you're 180 pounds, you want 90 ounces of water a day. (sighs) Nobody reaches that. Nobody. I, I know, you know, myself, maybe one other person that hits their water goal daily. So everyone thinks they drink enough. Everyone thinks they drink a lot. You're probably not. Water is so important for so many reasons. Nutrient delivery, it helps support optimal organ function, helps with your energy, feeling full, regularity, Lots of constipation when people are dehydrated, lots of fatigue when people are dehydrated, lots of cravings and snacking when people are dehydrated. You don't want to be dehydrated. This is an area, it's so easy to forget about your water, not bring your water, not think about your water. Oh, I don't want to have to pee. I don't care. Get your water. You need it. And it makes, I don't want to say the biggest difference, but like the amount of areas it impacts when people actually start being adequately hydrated is unreal. So Basic number one, drink your water. Point two, fiber. 
25 grams for women a day, 30 grams for men. That's the goal. I say try to get 10 grams per meal. Assume you're having three meals. It's 30 grams. Fiber helps with regularity, helps induce satiety, keeps you fuller for longer, also helps support gut health, microbial diversity. Fiber goes overlooked. Fiber is found in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. I don't know why it's so hard for people to get fiber in, especially if they're going low carb or keto. Fiber is basically non-existent because you're cutting out the carbs. Um, I love a source of fiber. I love, um, excuse me, can't speak. I love veggies as a source of fiber. Starch is fine. Whole grains, it's fine. But veggies, often people fall short. Aim for half your plate being veggies at every meal. When you're balancing your plate, half veggies, quarter protein, quarter starch, ideally whole grains. Fiber is one of those things. And again, I have an episode on it for the nitty gritty, go back and listen, but maintains regularity. It will constipate you if you're dehydrated. So this is why fiber and water go hand in hand. You need water, you need fiber, and you need adequate amounts of water to keep you regular or it will constipate you. So fiber can cause gas and bloating. If you add in too much too quickly, do it gradually and keep the hydration up. I love fiber. It's just, you feel so much better. You're fuller for longer. You're more satisfied. You don't feel the need to snack. Get your fiber in. My third point of the HFM, movement. Movement. This helps with regularity, gastric motility, keeping things moving, keeps the body young, endorphins, mental health. I have always said aim for minimum around 7,000 steps per day. There has been recent research, which was very exciting. Study was published in JAMA Network Open, found that over a decade of follow-up, people 20 years and older, who took 8,000 or more steps on one or two days a week were 15% less likely to die compared to those who were sedentary. That's a little dramatic, but 15% less likely to die. The risk of death dropped as the number of days active increased. The study actually cited recent data that shows the average American takes just 4,800, 4,800 steps a day, which is too few to provide any sort of health benefit. They also discussed walk. Well, obviously I'm big into walking as you all know, but they defined brisk walking because some people are like, well, what does that mean? Like what kind of walking? So brisk walking, it's defined as three miles an hour. You can speak song lyrics, but you can't sing them. So you're a little out of breath, but you can still talk and comfortably move and you're fine. (sighs) I fucking love walking. The most underrated exercise so from now on, if you're low, aim, you don't forget about 10,000, aim for that 8,000 or more one or two days a week. I would say more than that, but this is just what the study showed. The difference was shown when they had 8,000, one or two more days for a week. I say move your body five days a week, but if you are someone who doesn't move much or 8,000 is far above what you're currently getting, start small, start at 5,000, start at 6,000, work your way up. You're going to start to feel better. You're going to notice too, regularity, that movement's going to help with gastric motility. Okay. We talked about that. I love walking. So if the 8,000 steps sounds impossible, usually what I do with people is like, let's figure out when you can work in walking. And of course it's different for everyone, but 
some ideas that sound maybe obvious, but people are not necessarily thinking of when they're like, oh, I have no time to walk. I have to go to work, blah, blah, blah. Walk to work, walk home from work if your commute allows it. Walk to evening plans, whether it's a date, dinner, drinks with your friends, any plans out you have, are they walkable? Any appointments, whether it be a facial or a doctor's appointment, you know, whatever kind of appointment it is, can you walk there? Errands, grocery shopping, obviously limited because you have to be able to carry it. But can you walk there? Can you take a midday lunch break and walk around the block or walk around the neighborhood? If you're in the airport and you have a lot of time, walk around the airport. Airports are big. Peruse. The point is to incorporate it into your life in ways that don't always feel like, oh, I have to go for a really long haul workout right now. Like, When do you have time in your day to move? And when can you move instead of drive or Uber or subway? Take time to think about that. Like, for example... Yesterday, I was super busy. I did not have time to get my walk-in on the highway, given my schedule. So instead, I actually walked to dinner with my friend, and then I had a drink stayed after. So I walked to dinner, and then I walked from dinner to drinks. And then I Ubered home. And the point is, I did not have my usual walk-in, and I still had almost 11,000 steps for the day. I had to add it in somehow. It took planning, but it's little tweaks that we can make here or there that are going to compound to big change. It doesn't always have to be, I'm running five miles a day. When can you walk? When can you move? When can you stretch? When can you stand? Now, walking to dinner or evening plans or appointments requires planning, like I just said. So you can leave on time. Work this out in advance. Look at your week on Sunday. See when you have the time to walk or work out. It doesn't need to be planned. It just makes it much more likely to happen. And it's not hard to do. Take five minutes Sunday night. Look at the calendar and determine when you're going to move. Does this day allow for a midday walk? Is that a plan that's walkable? Do you have an energy to run that's walkable? I think it's really important. And and for the minimal amount of effort it takes to plan, it's going to help you get those steps in and get the movement in. The only other thing I want to add here to my three pillars of health, it's not a pillar, but it's something I want to notice is uh, mention is apple cider vinegar. It's not a necessity, but it is a basic because in my opinion, it goes along with my water. It's easy to do. I noticed a huge difference in energy levels, appetite, and just overall well-being when I use it. I'm speaking about this recently because I was out of town for a week over Memorial Day weekend time, and I did not bring it with me because I was traveling on a plane, whatever. I still could have figured it out, but I didn't do it. And I noticed a change. I noticed a difference. So that's the thing for me. That's my little extra basic. Um, But if you're new to the game, Don't necessarily worry about that. Focus on your hydration, your water, your fiber, and your movement. Another note on going back to basics that I wanted to touch on. Cooking. Keep it basic. There's no need to cook with a thousand ingredients and overcomplicate it. First of all, that usually leads to more calories, more sugar, more additives. And actually something that was mentioned by one of my favorite RDs, her name's Lauren Slayton of Food Trainers. She has a podcast. She has a book. She's well-researched. I like her a lot. She mentioned the variety effect, which means the more ingredients or the more food options that we have, the more food we're likely to consume. The effects of food variety on energy intake are substantial and can occur at one meal or they can occur across many meals. And studies have shown that in humans, exposure to a variety of foods increases intake by almost 30%. So I'll say that again. So the more foods basically that you're exposed to, typically people consume more. 
Now, I'm not saying you have to eat the same thing every day or the same thing for every meal, but what I'm saying is you don't need 30 ingredients in your salad, 50 ingredients in the drizzle that goes on your chicken. Every day does not need to be a fine dining experience. Keep it basic, do a sheet pan meal, roast your veggies, roast some fish, roast some chicken, add it into a salad. Don't have it with a salad, have a side salad, have your roasted veggies on the side, have a piece of fruit on the side. It doesn't always need to be this drastic event of the day. Keep it basic, whole foods, obviously always best buying things in their whole form, things you recognize, which actually, again, something Melissa mentioned last week that I really appreciated, eat whole foods, eat things you recognize, eat things as, I mean, this is over said, but eat things you can pronounce. Try to keep it basic. There's no reason to get complicated with all that stuff in my humble dietitian opinion. Now, moving on, I want to say congratulations to Natalie Buck from Causing a Scene. She was on episode 14 back in February. She and her now fiance, Bobby, just got engaged. If you did not listen to that episode, Natalie's character, go back and listen, number 14. And if you're interested in movies, TV, her podcast, it used to be called The Net Chicks. It's now called Causing a Scene. And she and her co-host, Sarah, talk all things on TV, movies, shows, whatever. And it's funny. They're hilarious. They give their opinion of it. They break it down. Anyway, she just got engaged. Congratulations. And I wanted to congratulate her. But I also want to mention it because it brings me to something that bothers me. So her podcast dropped this week and she was talking about the engagement and feeling overwhelmed and all that. And I wanted to talk about wedding culture, social media culture, the pressure, the questions, the expectations. And I'm mentioning this because it spills over into body image, like realistic pictures versus filtered, our self-esteem and self-worth and how that's impacted by pressures, expectations, questions, and all of that that comes with social media um, and just the world we live in right now. But anyway, so on the pod, Natalie was talking about it was so overwhelming and, you know, there were a lot of emotions, but a lot of people were asking questions. This is something I can attest to as someone who was engaged and married. But so the next time, my, my point here is the next time someone gets engaged, don't ask them when the wedding is or where it is or what their vision is. Just say congratulations. When someone gets married, don't ask them when they're having kids. Just say congratulations. I don't I'm not understanding why congratulations isn't enough. Nobody's ever satisfied. There's also, in my opinion, like an entitlement factor to asking someone personal questions like that, that I do not appreciate. It's no one's business what your timeline is for these things. You could want a two-year engagement. You could want a five-month engagement. You could be like, actually, we're going to town hall next week. It doesn't really matter because it's what works for the couple. And I don't understand why people can't just be happy for you for being engaged and why they have to parlay it into like, let's get your life plan. Why don't you have all this right now? Share it with me. And like the other thing, even if someone does have it all planned out in their head, they don't need to tell you. Just say congratulations and move on. So I was listening to her podcast this week, um, earlier today, and it made me upset. I didn't like that she had to deal with that. And she mentioned the pressure, like, is it going to be a big wedding? It's going to be small. She's like, there's always so much pressure in social media and how things look. It's just, it's just fucked up. And you know, it's something she and I have discussed before, and she's certainly not the first person to feel that. 
I did the total opposite approach. I was like, I just want to go to city hall because I want no expectations. I want no one's opinion. I want no social media. I obviously didn't do that because I wasn't allowed to, but it was still a very small wedding um, and zero fucks were given. But anyway, I'm mentioning this because I want to bring it to people's attention. Please be mindful when someone is married or engaged or whatever, or has a baby, just say congratulations. You don't need to ask any questions. You don't need to tell them your two cents. You don't need to give them your opinion on the matter. Just say congratulations. I'm mentioning this also. It pours over into instant gratification, diet culture, people being judgmental. Why do we do these things? Why do we need a 500-person wedding? Why do we need or want to look like Twiggy? I find people fixate on these things. I think it's going to solve all their problems. Like once I have that dream job, once I land that guy, that super impressive guy, or once I'm at my goal weight, all my problems are going to be solved. And like this simply is not the case. And again, a lot of this, in my opinion, goes back to these days. It's so in your face with social media. It's just, it makes it tough to escape. But people forget the work starts within. If you're happy with yourself, none of the superficial nonsense really matters. And again, hard with social media. What's real and what's fake? People show you curated parts of their life. They show you what they want you to see. And if you don't have it, people tend to feel inadequate or badly or second tier it's bad for mental health. It's bad for your mood. It's bad for anxiety. It's bad for depression. It's bad for sleep. All those things are bad for weight and your overall well-being. So if you're struggling to see the connection here between I'm a dietitian, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about it because it actually all ties into sleep, appetite regulation, using foods for self-soothing and coping mechanisms, weight, how we feel about ourselves. These things all play a role. So it's never, I, I'm not going to say I'm cynical, but I don't think it's ever going to stop. I just think the more mindful people are, the better off we're going to be. And like, let's be supportive instead of, it's like, oh, I got engaged. That's not enough. When's the wedding? Where's it? What's the vision? Like, People are never satisfied. I don't understand. Can you just congratulate someone when something good happens for them? That's my that's my only request with that. And once again, congratulations, Natalie and Bobby. I'm not going to ask you a single fucking question. Um, and I look forward to anything you want to share with me. So that's really exciting for them. Something I'm really enjoying lately, and I think I'm a little late to the party, but the real real one of my good friends works for them and so it's obviously something like i'm well aware of the company i've seen the commercials i know what it is have you tried it i have been cleaning up and cleaning up my apartment and just cleaning up it's so fun it's become a nice little side hustle and this is not an ad this is not like promoting the real real i'm just telling you that i like it i look at it every day check back is any of my stuff sold it's a little money in your pockets like why not but my lease is up the end of the month and I thought I was going to have to move. I don't think I'm going to, but the point is I started just clearing shit out. I'm like, okay, you're going to move. That's the one good thing about New York city when space is limited, like you get rid of junk and things you don't wear. And I was like, okay, let's go through this. What do you not wear? What bags haven't used in a while? Whatever. So I was like, okay, let's like send this to the real real, see how it goes. You've never done it. You have nothing to lose. I've been cleaning up. Oh my God, every month my commission check is impressive. It gets more and more impressive. I, I, I'm really blown away. It's so fun. 
and like no skin off my back. And then the rest of things that are not either, you know, designers that they don't accept or something that they don't accept because it was like too worn, I'm just donating. So it's like win-win, cleaning up the apartment. Turns out I'm not moving, but now I have some more space. I'll have to fill that space naturally, go shopping. But it is so fun. So if you haven't done it, I recommend it. And let me know what you think. I I don't know why I find it just like, it's just like free money and such minimal effort. I've been having so much fun with it. Another thing that I've been really enjoying are these chocolates I found at Whole Foods. The brand is called Choc Zero. I got the Choc Zero Keto Bark in hazelnut flavor. There's my favorite word again, keto, but a lot of products have that. It just means it's higher in fat, lower in sugar, lower in carbs. So it's 55 calories per piece. It's like a little square. And they have five grams of fiber per piece and no sugar. So if you break that down, if you're aiming for 25 grams of fiber per day and it's five grams for this one square, that's pretty good. It does the trick. It's got decent ingredients. It tastes good. It doesn't upset my stomach or anything. There's no sort of like sorts of weird artificial sweeteners. I think it's actually uses monk fruit sweetener, which is one of the more natural sweeteners, but you know, none of the artificial like sucralose or saccharin or, you know, Splenda equal anything like that. None of that. And it tastes good. It's like a, I get it in um, a milk chocolate and it's actually pretty rich and creamy and the hazelnuts give a crunch. So figured I'd share that whole foods. Another thing that I've really been enjoying and I feel like I've needed it more recently. Um, and I will say I do use it all year round. Beekeepers Naturals Propolis Throat Spray. So it's good for your immunity. Propolis is something found in the beehive and literally is used to protect it. And I love the brand. I love the company. It was founded by some girl. I think she's my age, maybe even younger. And she like had this love for bees and had this like big job at Goldman Sachs and then like left it to go like deal with her bees and created this company. It's, it's great. Um, I don't know her name, but if you Google beekeepers natural, she'll come up. She's cute. Anyway. Um, I don't know if it's like, I've been screaming more lately, but I feel like I've been going out a lot more cause it's warm and people are out and about and the louder it is, the busy it is, the louder it is, the louder you have to talk when you're out. So I find my throat hurts more in the morning and this really helps soothe it. I will say though, it is for immunity. So like you, it's a throat spray. You spray it on your throat. It doesn't have to be used just for throat. I use it all year round for my immune system, but because I have noticed more talking, perhaps a higher volume, it's been really helpful to have that. So want to mention that it's been pretty clutch as have my NAC pills. I actually went on a date yesterday and the guy listened to my al- one of my alcohol episodes before we met. And then he was like, oh yeah, so what's NAC again? Like it helps keep you hydrated. And I just, I was like, did you listen to the actual episode? Because it has absolutely nothing to do with hydration. Like, should I play it right now? Should we listen to it together? Should I read this aloud? I mean, anyway, he was really nice, but, and I appreciated that he listened, but those NAC pills, precursor NAC and acetylcysteine. It's a precursor to glutathione, the body's master antioxidant. It just helps you clear toxins faster. It helps clear alcohol faster. So definitely something I've been having before I go out and I'll pop one when I get home. And then depending on how I feel the next morning, I'll have one in the morning. Don't always need it. I find staying so on top of my hydration, just slamming waters in between 
I want to say in between every drink, but sometimes it's every sip. Like I'll take a sip of my drink. I'll take a sip of water. I'll take a sip of my drink, sip of water. Not for every single sip, but a lot of them. And the hydration is key. It really just keeps you alert, keeps you good, keeps you feeling optimal. And then you wake up and I'm ready to go. I hit the ground running to Sadie's dismay because she enjoys snuggling and staying in bed. But anyway, loving my Beekeepers Natural Propolis Throat Spray. Loving NAC. I buy the brand Pure Encapsulations. Again, really clutch. I've been loving this warmer weather. Everyone's out and about. And it's interesting how we shift and change our eating when it's the days are longer. And I do talk about this in the episode for like summer habits and staying on track, but it's hard when you like the days are longer, you go out later. A lot of people eat later. That's been something I've been struggling with because I am very big into my 16 hour fast. So eating later, being out more, it's like I'm consuming a drink at 10 PM. That's really late for me. I like to cut off calories by like six, six thirty PM. So that's something I've been dealing with recently is like figuring out how to cut it off. And then, you know, if I'm done at 10 PM, that means 16 hours is 2 PM. So I'm not going to wait till 2 PM to eat. So I need to, I need to work that out. But if anyone else is struggling with that, perhaps a shorter fast, it's hard to cut things off when you're being social in the summer and things are just later and later because you're out because it's lighter later and lighter for longer. So yeah, I aim for that 14 hour fast instead of the 16 hour fast, but again, not ideal. was really in a good swing with my 16 hour fast and I loved it. Just felt like sharing, even dietitians struggle. Nothing is really easy for anyone, but consistency is key. And knowing that changes with the seasons is totally fine rather than getting worked up with yourself or frustrated with yourself. Just know now that the days are longer, shift this, shift that to make it work out for you in this season. So go back to that episode if you want more details on staying on track in summer, but that's really it. I wanted to drop just a short little epi, say hi. I hope everyone is doing well, enjoying this amazing weather. And I just wanted to list some shit out for you, you know, shooting the shit by myself, stick to your basics, get on the real, real, congratulate people when they're going through exciting times. Don't ask them questions or you'll be hearing from me and stay regular. <laughs> 